Welcome to Diverse, a Society of Women Engineers podcast. SWE gives women engineers a unique place and voice within the engineering community. On Diverse, we highlight the incredible thought leaders and personalities in our community and discover who they are at home, at work, and in between. You can find all of our podcast episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. Hello, I'm Sam East, and welcome to Diverse, a sweet podcast. Please remember to subscribe and follow us on social media at SWE Diverse Podcast. On today's episode, I'm joined by Diana Omar, a remarkable 17-year-old student from Mount Hebron High School. She is a first Tech Challenge Dean's List Award winner and enthusiastic STEM advocate focused on providing opportunities for underrepresented students. Diana, I'm so excited to have you here today. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited to be here as well. You are just so impressive. I mean, at 17 years old, I remember being 17 years old and any 17 year old that I know now doesn't have usually this much focus and determination on the career path that they're passionate about. But at 17, you're off to an amazing start. But how did you initially get interested in STEM and engineering? Oh, thank you so much. So it's actually a pretty funny story. From a young (laughs) age, I have actually been really interested in how things worked so much to the point where at age six, I took apart my mom's brand new iPhone. Oh, did she know about that? (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty interesting. So (laughs) she was not quite happy with that, uh, but I saw the touch sensor, the battery and the front camera like right in front of me. And it was so cool seeing how something so tiny could become one of society's most impactful technologies. So Mm. I guess that's where my realization of my love of STEM came to me. And I loved reverse engineering things, but I didn't quite know where to put that enthusiasm yet. And I mean, did you intuitively know how to work it? Or were you looking at YouTube tutorials? Like, how did that work? Ooh, I don't even know how I did it. (laughs) I honestly, I think that that memory has kind of gone to the back of my head. (laughs) Yeah, there's been lots of things that have followed in the 10 years since that moment. Yeah. We got to talk about how you got involved with FIRST Robotics at the age of seven. Is that right? Yes. So my mom noticed that eagerness for STEM after the incident and (laughs) signed me up for the FIRST LEGO League program at the Girl Scouts of Central Maryland. So FIRST LEGO League, or FLL for short, is a program for, I think, elementary and middle school students. And you get to create like a functional robot out of LEGOs and complete different packs. Or I think in first terms, it's called missions. And you eventually became the co-captain and then the mechanical lead. Right. So I found my spider bite team, First Tech Challenge, FTC, when I attended the Girl Power event at the Johns Hopkins University Applied Physics Lab, which is where my team is based, when I was in eighth grade. So I saw like a display board embellished with spider webs, glitter, and pictures of a fully developed robot. Wow. I felt welcome. And from there, my knowledge grew. I actually went into the team more programming oriented, but eventually switched into the more building side of things. And I guess my eagerness to learn and build new things is what helped me gain trust from my teammates. I was always willing to teach them what I know, you know, share my knowledge from my experiences and first prior to FDC. 
So I think that's what led me to becoming the co-captain and mechanical lead of my team when I was just a sophomore. That was honestly the most rewarding experience getting to share my knowledge in a way that was really impactful for my teammates. Mm -hmm. And how has being involved in robotics with FIRST expanded your skills? Because it sounds like just off the top, you have a vast amount of knowledge. Well, I guess as I stayed on my FIRST team, my knowledge grew. So I learned about gear ratios, computer-aided design, critical thinking, decision matrices. I honestly have the resources to build anything my heart desired. So for example, I use like a rack and pinion kit to build a linear claw and some 80-20 to configure a launcher. I basically learned how to take anything and turn it into something. And using this kind of mindset, I got an internship at the Johns Hopkins Applied Physics Laboratory. And I was able to see problem solving in a professional industry, you know, becoming exposed to various projects. And this was where I saw first principles come to life. And you know, before I knew it, I was a girl inspecting world-class robots at the Maryland Tech Invitational and teaching younger people on the team about basic computer-aided design and basic building. And I was really happy to feel their enthusiasm. Can you kind of paint the picture of what, what that program was like, though? Because are you, are you the youngest person in that setting or are there other people, other 17-year-old brainiacs alongside you? <laughs> <laughs> so first tech challenge I kind of like because you have this really wide age range of just seventh through 12th grade, but mm -hmm. my team kind of does it a little bit differently in that we take younger people and call them oh. spiders in training. So we kind mm -hmm. of expose them to that like com more complex engineering industry at a young age. Mm. And you were talking about how you love building things. You said you like turning something into something else. What is the most favorite thing that you've built to date? Oh, that is such a hard question. <laughs> I guess most recently I built a like gripper type huh. thing. I found some like gripper on a website called GrabCAD and I made it my mission this summer in my internship to like kind of fix it up. And, you know, in my internship, I actually have access to some really cool stuff like 3D printers, laser cutters, and I kind of like fixed that up and personalized it a bit. It was really cool. Would you say that this is also not just a career path for you, but also a hobby? Because it sounds like you're spending your personal time invested in these projects as well. Oh yeah, for sure. It's so fun. It really helps your brain kind of stimulate itself. It really helps me with school, actually, looking mm. at things from a more unconventional perspective really helps with your critical thinking skills, organization, time management because of like the time constraints of each build season for FTC. Mm -hmm. We got to send you a big congratulations because you are a 2022 First Tech Challenge Dean's List Award winner. Can you tell us how this came to be? Thank you so much. So the Dean's List is a fairly interesting process. You are nominated by your team. Two members per team can be nominated. And your mentor writes an essay on the impact you have had on your team. So I think it's for people who are either in 10th or 11th grade. I was nominated in 11th grade. And after the nomination is complete, you are automatically considered a semifinalist. And then at the district championship or qualifier, you do an interview with a panel of judges. Then they pick two to four finalists, depending on region. Since I am from the Chesapeake district, there were four finalists this year. And once you're a finalist, you get invited to this Dean's List lunch at the World Championship in Houston. Now, to be honest, this was probably as far as I thought I would go. But there were about 300 finalists this year and about wow. 20 winners from around the world. 
So I'm not too informed on the judging process at the finalist level, but from what I know, there was this like prestigious panel of judges um, reading info given about the student from their district and that's how they pick the winners. And I was honestly in a bit of a state of shock when I won. There were really (laughs) no hints about who was going to win. I got a plaque and some cool Dean's List and First Swag and a trip to Manchester, New Hampshire for the Dean's List Summit spoke to first suppliers dean came in the founder of first and talked about fueling the next generation of innovators i am just astounded by you the way that you are able to (laughs) articulate yourself and the confidence that you have at 17 years old to know what you're passionate about it's incredible to hear your story i'm curious though too about you know the community that you probably are building right now the connections that you have with fellow high school students who are breaking out into this world. What does that look like? And if for someone who's listening, who's perhaps around your age, around 17, and is looking to connect with people with like interests, what's the best way to find that? I say join a first team. It's so easy. I think on the first website, there is a local team lookup. That is where I found my group, my group of people. And it was such a great opportunity And, you know, winning the dean's list, I guess my way of celebrating the win is to help continue advocating for underrepresented students. And hopefully I want to give these people listening like an opportunity to feel like have a have one of those cheerleaders Mm. cheering them on, you know, finding their purpose Mm -hmm. and hopefully first can do that for them. Well, you touched on it a little bit. I mean, you're so busy between school, between robotics. You also spend your free time. Like you said, you're advocating for human rights, equality, and inclusion. You're actually a member of the Association of the USA. So what kind of volunteer work do you do? And why is it so important to you? Because you got a lot on your plate and you're only 17 years old, but this is an important cause for you. Yeah. You're never too young to start advocating is what I like to say. So Being involved with the United Nations is so rewarding and actually fairly easy to do. I love the community or the opportunity to advocate for things that I'm really passionate about. I'm part of the human rights and women affinity groups. There are actually plenty of opportunities for lobbying and feeling like you've done something impactful. Mm -hmm. I've been primarily involved with strengthening the U.S.-UN partnership, participating in the Week of Action in 2021 and the Leadership Summit in 2022. And I got the chance to speak with offices and local senators and representatives to help support peacekeeping. I actually recently joined the local chapter of the National Capital Area, attending their annual meeting to connect with some truly, truly amazing people. And I hope to get involved locally in the future and advocate for underrepresented students in STEM. Actually, the UN has very sustainable development goals, one of which is being equality of education. And that is something Mm -hmm. I'm very passionate about. First has been vocal in helping the next generation of innovators, like I said. And if we target our youth, we can help solve other issues that are endangering our future. And actually, this next season, First Energize, is focused on United Nations Sustainable Development Goal number seven, which ensures equal access to sustainable energy. So it's really not too difficult to get involved with advocacy. I think anyone can become a UNA USA member. So it's just get involved if you can. I got to ask if someone was to give you your dream job, because you have quite the array of interests and passions and advocacy here. 
But if someone was to hand you your dream job, what, what would that look like for you? Ooh, I don't know. I would love to keep <laughs> building stuff like, you know, mechanical design a little bit, but yeah. a little bit of advocacy as well. Getting that chance mm-hmm. to really connect with the community and mm-hmm. help those underrepresented students. You are such an incredible force. I'm excited to see where your path takes you because you got, you know, you got the smarts. That's obvious, but you also have a lot of heart too. And uh, I think that goes a long way. That's a powerful combination. Thank you so much. Is there anything, Diana, that we may have missed in our conversation? I don't think I have anything else. Thanks. Well, I just want to wish you the best of luck, not that you need it because you're clearly on an incredible path so far. And what are the best ways to follow you to see how you evolve? Yeah, well, I am a little bit active on social media, mostly Instagram, Diana OMR. You can Mm -hmm. find me there. And I'm working on a website right now. It's not fully complete. And that's about it. Actually, I do have one more question before we go. For someone who is you know, really early in their career in STEM, what's one piece of advice that you'd pass on to them to encourage them to keep going? I would say you're never too young to start. Anytime you feel like there is some sort of force holding you back, just ignore it. I mean, if you really feel like, just know that I'm the cheerleader. If you don't have a cheerleader, just think about me. Like I will be there cheering you on. If you feel like you're stuck, Just think about all those opportunities that you will get, all that rewarding experiences that you will feel. And honestly, conflict is what drives you. So if you just think about that, think about your path, think about where you want to end up, then I think that should keep you going. Oh, that is incredible. Diana, our cheerleader, she's on our team. She's cheering you on. I love to hear that. Diana Omar, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. And I'm so excited to see where your path takes you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm Sam East. And from all of us at SWE, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Diverse. Please don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with your social network. You can keep up to date with our podcast on Instagram at SWE Diverse Podcast and on our blog, altogether at altogether.swe.org.